No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert, Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always, Brian. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Always great to be with you on the radio here. Weekend isn't a weekend without growing your wealth. In our about seventh year now of doing this radio program and proud and honored to be here with our listeners every week. Brian, I want to start off this show today by talking a little bit about the market in the past week and the past year or so. Get some ideas from you on the state of the market year to date. What's happening? Yeah. And again, when we talk about the market, we're talking primarily about stocks because Stocks are a component of the global investment portfolio, we'll call it for this purpose. Bonds are actually a bigger component. Real estate's a component. Businesses, small, you know, privately held businesses are a huge component. So there's a lot of, you know, cash and cash equivalents, CDs. There's a lot of different investment components out there, but we're saying, okay, what's the stock market itself? And then we got to take that stock market and break it down into its components. You've got large cap, small cap, U.S., foreign, developed, emerging markets, lots of different categories there, and then different sectors. So we're going to kind of generalize it first and going to have a little fun with this because a lot of people, the stock market's really hard on them because of the volatility. So if I said to you, Jeff, yeah, I've got these three investments. One of them, a year to date, is even. Another one's down 2% and another one's down 5%. Do you think we should buy them? Well, when they're down, I would think you want to buy when things are down. So uh, you've, been, you've been uh, co-hosting a financial show for a while. That's right. <laughs> it seems common sense. I mean, yeah. Buy, but yeah, buy you know, a lot of people high. look at this and go, well, I don't want something that's down 5%. That's, that doesn't <laughs> sound good at all. 
Well, that was the year-to-date, and those three were. The S&P 500 is kind of flat year-to-date. Small cap U.S. is down a couple percent. The Nasdaq's not doing well at all this year. It's down over 5%. So you might say, well, then I think I should avoid the Nasdaq. Well, I'm going to hit my button again. I'm going to go, all right, let's, let's, let's not do year-to-date. Let's do a full year. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's see. The NASDAQ is up 40%. The S&P is also. And the small cap is up 64%. Oh, well, that's very different than down. You just told me. Uh, you just added, what, another seven months, and all of a sudden everything, the whole landscape changed. Now I'm going to hit the two-year. All right, so small cap is up 37%, so they, they actually didn't do well a, a year ago, obviously, because their one year was much better than the two year I just mentioned. The S&P up 40%, so that prior year, it didn't do anything. The NASDAQ, which has been last place both times, up 72 mm-hmm. over a two-year period. So just, just kind of playing around with numbers here and time periods. When I start hitting different time periods, everything looks different every time I do it. And it's kind of interesting to kind of run that scenario out and see what the changes are. So investing in the stock market is hard. I would also like to talk about some other areas. So, Brian, the markets you were talking about there were domestic. But what about internationally? How are things going overseas? Yeah, overseas, the Europe-Asian Far East is, uh, they call them the developed markets. Mm -hmm. So the the stock market is broken into three components globally. There's the U.S. market, the Europe-Asia Far East, we call it EFA. And then uh, we have emerging markets. Now, what's interesting is the second biggest economy on the planet is in emerging China. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of a misnomer to call them emerging anymore. But the fact is, if you put those three indexes together, you pretty much got the entire, you don't have the frontier companies like Vietnam or you know, mm-hmm. some of the others, but you pretty much have the globe in there. Year-to-date, Europe, Asia, Far East, up about 7%, emerging, including China, only up about 2 If I hit that one year, add another seven months to it or so, seven, eight months, they're all, actually, the S&P, uh, Europe, Asia, Far East, and emerging markets are all right around that 40% mark. There's almost no difference. The only thing I notice in the graph is that emerging markets went way up February, March, and then gave it all back. Hmm. And so they, they had a a little run there. And then finally, the two-year, the S&P is up 40% approximately, emerging and Europe, Asia, Far East up about 20 over a two-year period. So it's been very, it was very volatile for them. But this, uh, what, I've, what I've also noticed, you know, as I invest people's money is we we certainly have diversification into other areas of the globe, but we've been heavy in the U.S. I feel like the innovation and the, and the politics, even though they seem crazy, mm-hmm. uh, they're not as bad as other places. I can tell you that. You know, everybody knows that. So uh, just the stability of the economy and the, just kind of the, the entrepreneurial spirit of U.S. companies and, and what they're putting together and so forth always seems to me to be a, the best place to be. There are always opportunities out there where you can buy something low. Uh, it's hard to know when they're low, when they're mm-hmm. going down. But uh, certainly uh, all of the longer-term indicators show that the U.S. stock market is is continuing to outperform versus the global markets. And 
but even so, it's not doing it in a straight line. We had a global pandemic called COVID-19. I think you probably heard about that. Yeah, I heard about yeah, that. Yeah, it was in all the newspapers. It didn't seem to slow down this market. I mean, as you said, all these figures seem to be on the upswing. And I see these clickbait ads once in a while, the fellow who predicted the crash and says there's another crash coming. He doesn't say when it's coming. But nevertheless, is there anything that you think can really stop these markets? I mean, it appears as if things are just on an upward trend with no end in sight. Well, first thing on that guy that says the market's going to crash. Yeah, I've been. I, I think he's on an auto replay where they replay that every three to six months for the last uh, ten years. Yeah, he, and one of these days he's going to be right. Some year, I don't know which year. It could sure. be a decade from now. He will get get it right. Even you know how they say even a, a broken uh, clock, clock is right yeah. twice a day. Right, right. And so he's our broken clock here. <laughs> Betting against the market long term, I'd say that's fool's gold. There, um, as we talk on this show about a couple of concepts which are proving out. The, the one of them, I you know, as I mentioned, when I started public accounting in Bellevue way back in 1984, the Dow was in the 1000s, and now it's in near the mid 30,000s. Yeah. Okay, well, that seems like a pretty solid case. I think we have enough uh, track history there for that stat to be a a real thing. Maybe we should be in the market long term. Another thing that that we've talked about a lot on this show is how stock markets, because people say, how could the market be up when we have a recession and a global pandemic? And we've always said on this show, stock markets are a forward-looking indicator. They're, They're priced based on their forward projections, not what's happening today. Now, certainly what's happening today has some short-term influence in it. We saw that in March, when the, uh, a year ago in March, when the market did crash due to COVID concerns. But by, you know, if we look at uh, when it crashed to when it came all the way back, we were in mid-July. So kind of um, four months, it had a massive drop and completely recovered. Four months. So that was the reactionary part of investors right there. But the long-term investors said, well, we're going to be fine coming out of this. We'll get through this. I mean, they're looking two, three plus years ahead. That is how stock markets are priced. And that's the best explanation I can come up with as to how can the market be up when we have all this problem? They're not looking at what's going to happen the rest of this year. Yeah, we know profits will be down in a lot of industries. Okay. But boy, it's going to come roaring back, you know, next year and the year after and the year after. There's been a paradigm shift. People are uh, spending more money on their houses and stuff, and and, uh, they were pent up. They're going to want to go out and travel more. And all these things that they were going to uh, spend money on, they were working more maybe because they didn't have anything else to do. They couldn't go anywhere. You can't go on a vacation. You can't visit anybody. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to the movies. What did you do? You, You worked on things. So actually, that combined effect, uh, I think, had a very positive outcome long term on the economy. Because the market is so bright, Brian, and as you said, I mean, those figures are up all over the country and uh, all over the world. Even your most risk averse investors, are they becoming more interested in the market because it just seems like the good times keep on rolling? Surprisingly, not so much. I mean, because I, I remember in the past, I you know, when the market's up, I remember 2000, oh gosh, when, what was it, 2007. I got so many calls because the market was up and we had a couple hundred calls, people, you know, checking us out. And, and then when the market crashed, I think we, we counted three in six months. Hmm. I mean, everybody's like, I'm done with this market. I, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and that would have been the best time ever to buy, by the way. And so it's kind of reverse. So, you know, you do see a lot of, of um, Johnny come lately. You know, the market's up. Maybe I should get into it. But 
I'm not seeing that as much anymore. I think people are really getting comfortable in their own skin, especially baby boomers, because they're getting a little bit older and, you know, their average age is in mid to late 60s now. And so I had a conversation this week with someone who, yeah, I invested twice. I invested in 2000 and 2008 or something like that. I was like, oh, yeah, probably didn't do so well. Nope. And don't even mention the stock market to me. I have zero interest. In (laughs) fact, less than zero. I'm like, okay, well, we'll cross that one off the list. And that's okay. She wanted simplicity and security. So we're teasing about some of these pithy sayings we have about different products uh, like annuities. Uh, One of the favorite ones is zero is your hero. (laughs) Now, I might look at that and go, not my hero. I want to make money and I don't mind losing money if I think it's going to go up later. Whereas this person say, count me in, zero is my hero, you know, meaning I can't lose money on it. So that's perfect for me. So everybody's different and nobody's, there's no right and wrong here. It's what's right for you that really matters. We're talking about the market with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. We're here on the radio every week for you with Growing Your Wealth. If you have at least $500,000 or more in investable assets and you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, we invite you to contact Madrona Financial for your complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation financial plan. If you've already got a plan, certainly it's a good idea to get a second set of eyes on that. To get your plan, 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And as always, you can request your plan from the website. That would be madronafinancial.com. Check it out, madronafinancial.com. Brian, time for a break. We'll be right back with more of Growing Your Wealth after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. If you have an annuity or are thinking about getting an annuity, do not buy one until you talk to the financial professionals at Madrona Financial Services. Call 844-MADRONA today or visit online at madronafinancial.com for your no-obligation review. You may qualify for an upfront bonus and even guaranteed income growth. While some annuities can help you protect your assets in a volatile market, having the wrong one could cost you thousands. Don't let this happen to you. So if you own an annuity or are thinking about buying one, call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services, and they'll explain the different types of annuities, tax truths, what they'll mean to your spouse and heirs, and most of all, how they should fit into your overall portfolio. Call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services now for a no-obligation financial review and find out the truths about your annuities and how they should fit into your retirement income plan. The number to call is 844-MADRONA. That number again is 844-MADRONA or visit online at madronafinancial.com. Prosper with Madrona. 
Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about health care costs in retirement. And Brian, you know, nobody wants to think about what would happen if they became very ill or if they couldn't take care of themselves in their old age. But ignoring these possibilities doesn't help. Instead, have a plan in case you become seriously ill or you need long-term care later on in life. So let's talk about that in this particular segment. First of all, if you have a will, a general will, I mean, really that goes through probate and and that's really just an appointment with a court isn't it yeah i mean certainly a will would necessitate probate generally a living trust revocable living trust is the alternative to that and that's trying to get you out of probate now the biggest issue the negative to revocable living trust isn't so much to the trust product itself. It's what people do and don't do with it. I think the statistics show that most revocable living trusts that are established do not, the people that have it established, do not actually transfer all their assets they're required to transfer into the trust. They go, okay, I got these documents. I paid the attorney a lot of money. I got this really fancy binder, got lots of pages in it. I don't really want to open it up. That's that's too much for me. And the, if they did open it up, they'd say, none of this matters unless you do X. And they don't do X. They don't yeah. transfer right. the assets into that. And then they pass away. And guess what? The assets that weren't transferred in have to go through probate. probate yeah. yeah. Fortunately, they're, they're good in theory, but not necessarily in practice, just because people kind of, they take it the three-yard line, kind of like a Seahawks in that Super Bowl. They, <laughs> they, get, they get it close, but they didn't get it done. Don't remind me. Oh, oh I know. I don't a, want to go there. It's a terrible day. <laughs> but yeah, so that is a critical thing. And, and what we're talking about here is we know people get sick. I mean, it's, you, people get old. Hopefully you get old. I, sure. I don't like the alternative to that. <laughs> so we're talking about risk mitigation. And as I've talked on the show many times, life in life, you're going to have a number, we'll call it 30, I don't know, of critical financial decisions to make. And if you get most of them right, you are going to have a, probably an outstanding financial life. If you get half of them right, you're probably really hurting. And most people probably get, you know, 60% of them right, maybe, I don't know, plus or minus, and they can be okay. But boy, if you can avoid making some serious blunders during your life, just think how much better you'd be. I mean, uh, I guess that that applies not even just to financial things, just to anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) If I hadn't said hi to that gal that I met or whatever, you know, whatever it is in life. But financial ones are certainly ones that we can avoid, that we have to spend some time on risk mitigation. And I think you had a story about a family member that uh, did not do risk mitigation. Yeah, exactly right. I have a family member that unfortunately came down with cancer. Young fellow has bladder cancer and, you know, just kept putting it off and putting it off, getting health insurance because he thought, I'm a young fellow, nothing's ever going to happen to me. And one day had a pain and uh, went to the hospital, went to the doctor and found out that he has bladder cancer and no health insurance. So definitely, I mean, this is an area that, you know, they spent more time deciding what color they were going to paint their garage door. Yeah. And as we talk about wills and living trusts, I think you also mentioned you had a chat about that with a family member. Yeah. My sister and brother-in-law getting a little bit older there too. And we talked about wills. And again, we talked many times about a will just means that it goes to probate and that's an appointment with court. And probate in different states takes different periods of time. The state of Missouri is the state 
we're talking about here in particular, it's anywhere from eight months. It's been as much as four years. So they went and got a trust done. And as you said, she said it's the best money that we've ever spent. And she did say, just like you said, boy, it is a beautiful binder that we've got here. <laughs> it's so beautiful. We don't even want to open it. So I think uh-huh. the next question is I've got to ask her, have you opened the binder? Because although it looks great, there's a few things that you're responsible for. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of the things that can be the most important are, are the things we don't want to do. I mean, I don't necessarily want to eat my Brussels sprouts. I don't necessarily want to spend money with an attorney to be talking about what happens after I'm dead. Yeah. I don't want to spend money on insurances for everything and, you know, my car and my auto and health insurance. And then you got all these other ancillary ones and umbrella insurance. I'm like, well, what do I get for that? Well, (laughs) when you need it, you need it. Sure. And, And so whether it's insurance or or just in your investing. I mean, yes, sir, we, we talked about, you know, zero is your hero, you know, pithy saying that I mentioned on annuities. But boy, when the market's down and you're older and you're relying on that uh, monthly cash flow, you're pretty thrilled that you did some risk mitigation. You didn't swing for the fences and you, you got that annuity. So risk mitigation can come in many different forms. And so we're, do, we're just kind of mentioning a few of them here in this segment. When you go to the hospital, you go to the doctor. I know that when we've checked in to go to the doctor, my wife and I, one of the questions that they will usually ask is, do you have a living will? We don't have one. So what is a living will and should we have one? Yeah. So you've got, uh, as I mentioned, the wills versus the revocable living trust, which can avoid probate. But they're also going to ask you for your durable power of attorney and health care directive. Mm-hmm. So the health care directive is absolutely critical. Everybody have that. Otherwise, you and your family don't get to make decisions about what happens to you if you're incapacitated. And so that's critical. It's not that hard to do. So I would encourage anybody that says, I'm not sure if I have one of those or if I do, I don't know who knows I have it or Gosh, I don't even know where it's at. I think it's in a file. Maybe it's in the garage in that box that's got my uh, LPs sitting on top (laughs) of it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, You know, make sure that the people that you want to make the decisions have a copy of your health care directive. And then make sure that somebody has a durable power of attorney that's going to make those decisions. If, if nothing else from this show, do these two things, please. And you will have a lot more peace of mind than you may have right now trying to think of which box that, that document might be sitting in. And that leads me to this life and legacy planner that you have offered here at Padrona Financial. I believe it's part of the financial planning that you do. This is a great little binder that shows people not only where all the documents are, but it also has columns for your last wishes and just all kinds of different things. Why is it important to have a document like this? Maybe it could be just one page that shows where everything is. Well, I, it, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, one of, one of the areas is passwords or safe deposit box. I mean, you know, do you know if, if you've been named executor for somebody, do you know if they have a safe deposit box, where the key is, which bank it's at? You know, there may be some, some important stuff in there. Maybe sitting in there is the life insurance policy nobody knows you had, right. uh, they had. And, and, you know, I could go on and on. And and clearly, I I think my point's made that, you oh, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if, especially if I'm executor, that I'd know this kind of stuff, that it's somewhere. And and if I don't, you know, I had the story of this person who whose father passed away, and they knew he had life insurance. They, they knew it because he used to sell it for mm, a living. Right. They figured, well, he's got to have life insurance. He wouldn't leave mom destitute here. Cause, and they couldn't find it. They just absolutely couldn't find it. 
And so he didn't tell anybody. He kept his finances secret from everybody, and including his spouse. And uh, she lived in a trailer park the rest of her life. Wow. Uh, no, well, actually, she moved in with the son and daughter-in-law. And they moved for to the trailer park. Years. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, that's a that's that, a heavy price to pay to have that's mother-in-law good. around for 15 years, unless you really like your mother-in-law. But generally speaking, we kind of like not to have lots of generations in our house. So <laughs> you know, so that was that was a tough penalty for. Not not writing down or telling anybody where your life insurance was. You're talking about an executor. When one chooses an executor for their estate or their will, how do they go about doing that? What are some of the qualifications that an executor should have? Yeah, executors are, are tougher to pick. We've got two things, executors and trustees. So I'll start with trustees because that's a little easier to explain. So if you put money away, let's say I pass away and I want it to go to my kids, but not in a big old check or whatever all at once. I wanted to fund them over time and pay for our new house or college or whatever. Money would go into trust and my trustee would determine the best time to distribute money and make those decisions. So that's that's one thing. That's professional judgment and so forth. And you can find corporations to do be trustee or, you know, trusted family members or, or whatever. Now, as far as um, the executor, they have to execute the terms of the will. They have to transfer funds, uh, sell houses, distribute money, take care of your personal effects, figure out if you got life insurance, do all the, go through probate maybe, do all of that stuff. It's a big, tough job. None of us are really qualified, probably listening right now, to do that very well. Not, I shouldn't say none. There are some people listening that would be comfortable with that in that capacity, but generally speaking, I'm going to say no. Generally speaking, I have heard that the worst thing that someone's ever done is be executor in their life. That's like worse than everything they've ever done. Hmm. It's a tough job. Um, and uh, again, if you're not qualified, it's hard. You know, who do you, you name? You name your, you got three kids, you know, one is, uh, works at Wendy's and one works in a machine shop and, you know, one uh, works for the post office. They're, they're not generally trained to be an executor of a will. Right. And there might be some family squabbles over where the money went and how it was spent or whatever. There's so many things that can go wrong. But you really, it's difficult to go out and find somebody that's willing to be an executor. So this is something that may take a little deeper dive into, okay, what's my inventory of people in my life that could take this role on? Does it always have to be a family member or a close friend uh, who acts as executor? I mean, can you professionally sort of farm that kind of thing out? I really haven't found that uh, that entity that would do that because, again, it's such a personal thing. I mean, I suppose you could maybe find an attorney that would do that, but I don't know any attorneys that are going to hold an estate sale in a garage and sell. Try to cut a cactus plant in half. Yeah. Try to cut a cactus plant. Yeah, I mean, who's going to do that? You know, They're not going to do that or it's going to be prohibitively expensive because it's really hard to do. So this is a quandary for some people, and, and as, as we age out, uh, the baby boomers of the world, needs to be a discussion that has to be held. Well, that is one of the aspects to the financial plans that you do here at Madrona Financial is accounting for your future health care needs, among many, many other things. If you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, you have at least $500,000 or more to invest. Once again, we invite you to call 844-MADRONA and get your complimentary financial plan. It's 844-MADRONA. Chance for you to sit down with an advisor here at the firm, kick the tires a little bit, uh, have your questions answered, and for them to ask you a few questions to make sure that it is a good fit. If it's a first plan, 
And once again, it is complimentary, no cost and no obligation. The number to call once again, 844-MADRONA, and you can request it online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. We'll continue to talk about health care needs and more when our show continues after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. When you're researching something, weeding through all the available information can be daunting, especially when it concerns your retirement. What you want is a thorough analysis from an expert. Good news. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has done that for you in his recently published ebook series, Inside Retirement Investing, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. You can get your free copy by calling 844-MADRONA today or visit madronafinancial.com to download your free copy. The Inside Retirement Investing ebook series covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to investing to taxes and so much more. Call now to secure your free copy, 844-MADRONA. Madrona Financial Services provides a one-stop integrated approach to retirement planning. Schedule a complimentary, no-obligation financial review to get on the path to achieving your retirement goals and get your free copy of the Inside Retirement Investing eBooks by calling 844-MADRONA or by visiting madronafinancial.com. The word volatile is rarely used when describing something desirable. It's usually not associated with pleasant outcomes and doesn't sound very appealing unless you're describing a roller coaster or some other thrill ride. And when it comes to your retirement plan, volatile is the last word you want to hear when talking about your nest egg. At Madrona Financial Services, we like to focus on other words when it comes to retirement planning. Words like predictability, opportunity, and security. And while we may live in volatile times, there are strategies that you could be using right now to lessen or even possibly eliminate its impact on your portfolio. If you're concerned about your exposure to market volatility, call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA to schedule your complimentary review. We'll perform a risk analysis of your current portfolio and then discuss the ways we can help you achieve your retirement goals without taking unnecessary chances with your nest egg. Take back control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue to have a discussion about health care and retirement. And Brian, another thing when it comes to long-term care is deciding where you want to receive that long-term care. You do have some choices. There's assisted living, there's a nursing home, but you could also choose to have that care come in to you, but it is going to be a little more expensive. Yeah. So as we're talking about long-term care, I mean, there's a lot of statistics out there. I think more than half people do use long-term care. Yeah. So that might be kind of shocking, but the reality is a lot of them only need it for a very short period of time. So on long-term care, we're really talking about extended long-term care. Most of our plans, you know, if, if you need long-term care for months, your, your assets are going to fund that uh, perfectly fine. It's, sure. it's when it's more than that that it really can become an issue. One of the things we point out is if we're doing a financial plan and projecting your expenses in the future and you have you had projected to you know have a nice lifestyle and do some travel and all that stuff, it will be replaced by the long term care. You won't have that in addition to the long term care. So 
that's another uh, factor in this. Well, when you decide where you want this long-term care, whether it be in a nursing facility or assisted living or at home, you've got to pay for this. And basically, I've uh, learned that there are roughly four ways to pay. I mean, right out of the hip pockets, you can write the check every month. That's going to be really, really expensive. A lot of people are not plumbed to do that successfully. Long-term care policies, but as you get older, the policies become more expensive and eventually a lot of people drop those. There's also uh, Veterans Administration, AIDS and attendance. If you've been in the military, you can get some assistance there with long-term care. There's also Medicare and Medicaid. However, we do know that Medicare, and this is a big misconception, Brian, that Medicare really does not pay a lot for long-term care, does it? No, it's very short-term that they'll pay, and that's it. So it's Medicare, and if you need uh, Medicaid to pay for, Medicaid will. But to get on Medicaid, you kind of got to go through all your assets. Sure. So that's not preferable for most people listening, I would suspect. And so the the one, I do want to go back, though, to your long-term care insurance. Now, there's two kinds of long-term care insurance, basically. There's the ones that you pay for monthly, and as you age, they raise the rates. Right. And it gets prohibitively expensive if you live a long time for a lot of people. The other one is the asset-based long-term care. A lot of people have heard about this. Basically, you put a big chunk of money down on the policy. And just generally speaking, uh, most of those asset-based plans, if you go through life and you never need it, then those that asset, that amount you put down your policy, most of it anyway, goes back to your estate, to your heirs. And so it's almost like just an interest-free loan to the insurance company. The interest that they're paying you is potentially long-term care up to a certain amount. Now, this isn't meant generally to pay 100% of long-term care. It's to take the sting out. So let's say that you have Social Security and maybe an annuity, maybe you have a pension. You have some income, and let's just say that, that you need a 10000 a month, and you already have 5000 you know, 6000 coming in from these other sources that puts you 4000 short. Well, you might have a policy that will pay that, that difference there, you know, and it has an inflation feature in it. So that down the road, you know that you're not going to be pulling money out of your estate to cover your long-term care. It's going to be covered by the combination of your regular income sources and this policy. And if you don't use the policy, again, it's like the only insurance insurance I'm aware of. I would love to plunk down some money on car insurance. If I don't <laughs> smash my car, they're going to write me the check back someday. Or, sure. or if my house doesn't burn down, you know, hey, I get that check back. Uh, that's not how in regular insurance works. But you can get that with long-term care. But it is expensive. It's, we're not talking $10,000. We're not talking $30,000. And we're talking six figures here that you got to come up with to properly fund one of these. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Brian, to do asset-based long-term care policy, you do need to invest a considerable amount of money into this. Yeah, you do. And it has to be, it can't be directly from an IRA account, 401k kind of thing. You can potentially pull money out of an IRA if you're over 59 and a half and pay the tax and take the net and put it into the plan if that's your only asset. Uh, the other thing about long-term care policies is you got to be healthy. Uh, insurance companies don't like to insure people that aren't healthy. So yep. you will have uh, uh, physical and, and medical records reviewed to make sure that they even want to cover you. So that's another aspect of this. Uh, the older you are when you apply for one of these, the less future coverage they will 
you know, you'll have to put more money in basically to, to uh, hit a certain mark as far as the anticipated monthly benefit. Brian, I know that when you do these financial plans, medical expenses are a major part of what you plan for health care expenses in retirement. Is long-term care an integral part? Is this something that's super important that is included in most all the financial plans that you do? Uh, interestingly enough, not necessarily, because mm. what we found is, let's say that we, again, $10,000 a person per month. People might say, well, you know, I'm going to self-fund this because a lot of my clients are fairly affluent. They have millions of dollars in their portfolio in various ways, shape, and forms, whether it's real estate, business, annuity, stock market, you name it. And so they're looking at this going, well, even if I was needed for two years, that's what, $240,000, that's just a fraction of my holdings. We'll self-fund that. And so that, that is probably a proper determination on that. However, if someone's like, well, I don't think I could fund it real comfortably for very long, and, and I want to protect against that. I don't want to leave my kids nothing. I do want to have this protection in there. Then they might do that, uh, that kind of policy, too. And regardless, I think even if you have a lot of money and you plan on self-funding, it's not a terrible idea to have it because, again, the money's going to go back to your heirs if you don't use it. So why not consider doing that? So I would suggest anybody that kind of has a sense that, you know, I, I wouldn't mind having a uh, okay, I don't get any interest on it, but uh, what great peace of mind I'd have for next generation and my spouse and, and so forth. If I had this kind of coverage in place, uh, whether I use it or not, I really don't lose money. I just lose you know, t- opportunity cost, I guess, mm-hmm. of, of earn- potential earnings. But that's not a big deal if you have lots of other assets. So I think it's an important thing to discuss in, in most situations. Brian, when people are clients of yours here at Madrona Financial, do you provide these asset-based long-term care policies? Can you get people hooked up with those, or do you have to point them in the direction of an attorney who can help them with the legal side of things? No, we can, we can help them with that. Pretty much everything we talk about on the show, and I probably don't mention this enough, we manage hundreds of millions of dollars in stocks and bonds and passive real estate and over $100 million of Section 1031 Delaware Statutory Trust Investments. We've placed well over $100 million of fixed index annuities that offer cash flow for life and, and safe investment options. We've done a ton of the fixed index universal life policies we've talked about, the ones with leverage that supercharges them, long-term care, all of these things. We're, we're licensed across the board, so we offer the products. What what we're, you know, and, and I don't talk product much. I'm, unlike every other show on the radio on the weekends, I think, right. that are product, 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 buy, 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 you know, uh, for an hour. We're talking about solution, solution-based analysis. When is it right? When is it not? What are the pros? What are the cons? Why should I or should I not consider different things? And, and let's develop a very thoughtful approach to our financial plan and retirement. I don't push any one thing. I, I always say why something, you know, why you may not want to do something. And, and so we're just uh, having this uh, intellectual discussions about the different things. But yes, we can provide the products of all the things that we're talking about on this show. That's right, Brian. There are a lot of tools in the toolbox here at Madrona Financial in combination with Bauer Evans CPAs. Of course, you can talk taxes, but when it comes to estate planning, the legal side of things, I know that there aren't estate planning attorneys in the building here. Do you have partners in the industry that you work in concert with that can help with that legal side of things? Oh, thanks for asking that because, you know, uh, as I mentioned with products, I always like to point out the pros and cons. I also want to point out what we don't do here. What we don't do here is we don't draft legal documents. We can refer you to attorneys that, that will do that and work in concert with them on solutions. 
Maybe that's trust provision language in your living trust or your will and that kind of thing. And then we provide the right product stuff because attorneys aren't, aren't trained in product placement, nor is your CPA. Only a financial advisor who is also CPA really marries those two together quite well, and that's what we are. So we don't draft legal documents. We don't list real estate for sale. We're not a bank. So those are three things we do not do, but certainly uh, all the other stuff that we've talked about on this show uh, is something we can call. So those other people in the legal trades there, they are part of your network here. I would imagine that communication is very, very important, and having people in your network that you deal with regularly uh, really does help in communicating someone's needs. Yeah, it's, it's invaluable because then we know their whole plan is getting done. I certainly don't want to have all these different investments and, oops, I forgot to do my will or living trust or... You know, something of that nature. Oh, I don't have a healthcare directive, as we talked about earlier on the show. So it's just such a great, you know, that is one of the questions. Do you have an updated, not just do you have one that's right. you know, 30 years old? Do you have an updated will or living trust? Okay. There's no shame in saying, no, I do not. Let's just, okay, let's talk to, I'll give you a couple of names here. And every time I send people to these folks, they're going, oh my gosh, I love working with Madrona. I love working with Jan or whoever, right. we, you know, we send them to. And, and they're, they're, you know, maybe it's a, a realtor we might refer and, and, oh, Kathy's been great or whoever it is or a mortgage officer. We don't do mortgages, by the way. Either. Sure. And, and so we have great referrals and, and the feedback I get is super because they, they know that we have a high standard here. If they're going to work on our clients, they, they're going to work in a high standard. Now, I'm not going to pick somebody that doesn't right. uh, to refer you to. Well, it's a team approach at Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs, not only with the people that are in this particular building, but also the network of professionals out there. If you're looking for a team approach and someone who communicates across the board with each other. Now, this is not the Brian show, as we've said many times here. There are a lot of pros here under one roof who can take care of all your needs. If you've got at least $500,000 or more, you'd like that team approach and all these people working for you, call 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA, and request your complimentary financial plan. And madronafinancial.com is the website. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a quick break. Brian, be right back and put a bow on our show today right after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. And now here's Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial Services. Here's Brian Evans. This week, I'm talking about 10 pieces of retirement planning advice retirees wish they had known sooner. The first two I talked about were starting early and getting an overall plan documented. Today, we're going to talk about just learning the ins and outs of personal finance. Now, it's interesting that I think about my school years growing up, and I learned how to make boxes in shop class. I learned how to play badminton. You know, there were different classes I had. Funny thing is, I never had a personal finance class. They didn't offer accounting. They didn't offer entrepreneurship. They didn't offer all the things that we really need to know throughout our life. And instead, you know, I learned things that, uh, you know, I even learned how to make a radio. Of course, my radio didn't work, so I I got a poor grade on that. But, you know, things that I, I really don't use in my life. So personal finance, learning about the ins and outs of that, starting somewhere that is really important. The next thing is making moves that protect your money from taxes. 
I'm not talking about getting out of taxes. What I'm talking about is investing in things that might be tax advantageous down the road. So for instance, at work, you might be able to put money into your 401k plan. You can pick the deductible part and maybe a 12% or 22% benefit to you. Or you can not get a deduction now, but put it into a Roth. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, over time, investments go way up in value. If you had it in the Roth, you're going to be able to take that out someday income tax free, no matter what the tax rates are in the future. Or you might invest now early in life in a fixed index universal life policy so you can have cash flow in retirement that's tax-free. So think about taxes in your future now. Get your copy of Madrona's latest books, the Inside Retirement Investing Series. These books cover everything from the basics of retirement planning, investing, taxes, and so much more. Arm yourself with information. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about inflation and interest rates. And Brian, we know that inflation has been historically very low. I mean, the whole time I've known you, inflation has only been like two, two and a half percent. What are you seeing insofar as inflation picking up and what causes inflation to pick up? Yeah, one of the things I want to point out is inflation and interest rates are two different things. And so in our financial plans, one of the most important aspects of the financial plan is inflation. Because, you know, if we're projecting 30, 40 years, inflation can have a huge effect on money. What's it worth? What's, what can you spend it on? So we absolutely factor that in. Again, that's different from interest rates, and we'll talk about that in a bit here. But what I am seeing and have seen, yeah, inflation has been even below 2% uh, for, for years. And that's really been kind of a supply and demand thing, as we talk about on this show. If you have a limited supply and a big demand, well, you have inflation because you got to offer more money to get the limited supply that's out there. If it's reverse, if you have plenty of supply, which we've had globally of goods and services, and without dramatically growing demand, then you don't have inflation. That's where we've been for a long time. Well, it's been interesting. With COVID, we had a supply chain uh, disruption globally. So limited supply. Then couple that with people's paradigm shift of where they spend and how they spend their money. You know, maybe spending more time at home. They want to spend more on technology. They want to spend more on their house. Coming out of this, they're going to want to spend more on travel and entertainment. So now we have more money chasing limited supply of goods. Hence, we now have inflation with the highest increases in history over what it's been historically. But when you go back to the 70s, when you and I were just mere infants, I know, you know, we're pretty young here, but when you go back to the 70s, our parents told us that inflation was really, really high, double-digit inflation in those days. Was that a result of supply and demand? Yeah, there's a lot of different things that go into, and especially in different decades, uh, just step back a bit. Yeah, you talked about uh, the cost of housing and so forth. Lumber prices and materials have gone up, I've heard, between 200 and 300 percent. That's right this last year. That's a lot. <laughs> We're not talking 2%. We're 200? Wow. 300? Yes. And so people that were going to buy, you know, build their own house or all that, now they got like, well, I can't do that in this environment. 
And so, or people fixing their house, they say, well, they're they're often surprised at how much it's going to cost if you can find somebody to help you fix your house, which you can't, right? Because of supply and demand, it doesn't matter how much you pay a contractor. They go, I got twenty five jobs in my queue this month. I can't even get to them, and I can't find people to do the work. And then, you know, don't get me started on the unemployment benefits keeping people from wanting to take jobs. But yeah, yeah, we have a so there's another limitation on supply is is labor. It's not just materials. It's finding skilled labor and people that can do the work that aren't staying home, maybe because their unemployment benefits were better than what they'd get working. So you got a cascading effect from that, too. And so we're seeing prices go up across the board. Now, um, I haven't I had to put in my memory banks here back in the 70s as to there were so many things wrong with the economy back then it's <laughs> it's hard to keep track of it all right. i mean it was just a mess that we had uh what stagflation we had huge inflation a stagnant economy just i'm not sure i can answer that really well jeff as to why it was so bad back then i, I i'm probably more of a student of what's happening right now but uh, yeah, I remember those days, and and I was a young young man, and I had my uh, berry picking money in a passbook savings account. I remember getting twelve and a half percent on my passbook savings account. And, uh, I thought it was pretty cool stuff. I didn't know what inflation was, so I thought, well, gosh, I'm making a dollar a day in interest, so I'm feeling pretty good because yeah. that's that's a whole flat of berries right there. Uh, they pay you a dollar flat, so or two <laughs> buckets of cucumbers. I'm thinking that's every day I get that for doing nothing. I thought I'd hit hit easy street. I mean, I was I was pretty pretty happy as a twelve year old. So you were measuring things uh, in cucumbers and buckets yep. of you know fruit and things like that, huh? You you got to go with what you know. So <laughs> I, I, I knew strawberries, that's raspberries, funny. and cucumbers. That's that's what I knew. Well, we got off topic a little bit. What was interesting to me, the treasures up there in this gadget valley. But let's get back to talking about inflation, as you said, double digit in the 70s, 80s, you know, interest rates were uh, crazy. When you build these financial plans, because interest rates have historically here in the recent past been so low, is that any consideration or is it a major consideration is figuring in the effect of inflation? Well, yeah, no, it's always a major consideration figuring that that effect. But what's interesting, I do want to differentiate between inflation and interest rates because we can have some inflation, but in, interest rates are more a function of supply and demand also, but so supply and demand of money and liquid assets. So there's investable assets looking for a home out there, and, and they're looking around at uh, some of the alternatives that are out there, interest-paying alternatives, and they aren't very good. And there's so much money looking for that. That's why we have such a low yields on the 10-year treasury. What's interesting to me, I don't think I've, I, I can't remember when I've seen the 10-year treasury paying less than inflation is by a substantial amount, but that's kind of currently the where it's at. So there is uh, somewhat of a disconnect between interest rates and inflation right now. So we might be looking at inflation, but we're not necessarily seeing stated interest rates or what the Fed sets the overnight borrowing rate at in concert with all of this. Yeah, the Fed has said that it's going to keep interest rates where they are for the foreseeable future. Good if you're buying something. I mean, that's one of the things that is driving this housing market is the fact that money is so cheap at, at or around 3% right now. With interest rates so low, particularly on uh, fixed investments, I mean, things like annuities and so forth, where can you go to get any sort of yield on your money where the interest rates are uh, decent or can you? Yeah, it's di- it's very difficult now, obviously, with CDs and treasuries and bond yields being so low low 
Gosh, to get a decent yield in a bond market, you got to go junk bonds. Now, most people don't think that's a great idea. I, I didn't say high yield, did I? I said junk. No. <laughs> They're the same yeah. thing. And so uh, poorly rated companies, yeah. and you're hoping they'll pay you back with, with interest at, say, 4 4 5.5%, whatever. Uh, that doesn't sound like a great thing to me. I, there's a high default risk there. And so uh, real estate can be one. It's tough to buy real estate, active real estate in the Seattle area right now and, and make a cash flow off of it. Virtually impossible, I think. So we're looking at passive real estate, perhaps in different parts of the country, different kinds of real estate uh, related to that. Uh, you did mention annuities. You're right. Some of the annuities that are just uh, safe money alternatives, they're, they're, it's harder and harder to find ones that have a ton of upside, but at least they take away the downside. But the annuities that we tend to talk about the most are the ones that offer cash flow for life. And I'm often asked, well, what's going to be my internal rate of return on this? I said, well, that's easy to answer. Uh, Can you tell me exactly the day you're going to die? (laughs) It's cash flow for life. So if you live a long time, guess what? It's pretty high. It's pretty good investment. If you don't, it's not a terrible investment. It's terrible that you didn't live long. But uh, it's not a terrible investment because any undispersed residual and maybe even sometimes even more than that, some kind of free life insurance on some of these goes to your heirs. It doesn't go back to the insurance company. So whether you have a long life or, or a short life, you can benefit from a fixed index annuity that has cash flow for life. Brian, I read the other day uh, investments that a lot of uh, very affluent people have. And number one was real estate. You mentioned the fact that it is booming here in the Seattle area. You talked about passive real estate. It's booming in places like Phoenix and Las Vegas and so forth. Are there still parts of the country in which you can purchase passive real estate at a reasonable price and uh, maybe make a little money with it? Yeah, there there definitely is. There's a number of uh, private non-traded REITs that we use. I can't talk about them specifically on the air due to SEC rules, but we certainly spend a lot of time in that that area and know of the different kinds of real estate that's out there. And there's lots of great great options, I think, for that out there. So I, I you know, most of my clients will have a combination of stocks. They'll have some uh, annuities, uh, cash flow for life, uh, hopefully increasing cash flow for life with uh, elevated death benefit if they die prematurely. We got the non-traded REITs or DSTs if they had uh, 1031 exchanges. Fixed index universal life is another one that, especially the leveraged ones, where you can you can take advantage of these low interest rates within your life insurance policy, creating a tax-free cash flow or legacy asset while taking advantage of, of leveraging and low interest rate environment that we have. So th- that's probably my favorite thing that we're doing right now. We've talked about a lot of things in the show here, Brian, and I know people may not have had a chance to listen to the entire show, but if you'd like to hear the show all over again or you've missed any part of it, I want to remind you once again that you can go to the website, madronafinancial.com. Our radio shows are archived there. Also, this show is available as a podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, simply search Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans, Madrona Financial. Whatever you want to do, that podcast will come up. We invite you to like that, bookmark it, and listen to us every week. Once again, if you have at least $500,000 to invest, you're looking for another financial advisor. You'd like to hire someone who can talk about any manner of things, not just annuities, not just investments, but they can also talk about taxes and insurance and real estate and all those sorts of things. We invite you to give Madrona Financial a try. To request your complimentary, no cost, no obligation financial plan, 
Call 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA. You can also request your plan online at madronafinancial.com. Out of time for this week, Brian. Thank you for your time, and thanks to everyone listening to us today. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Go out have a great weekend, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Don't let the health crisis that began in 2020 become a wealth crisis for you in your retirement. Times like these require a plan and people you can trust by your side. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has been helping retirees navigate through changing times for more than 30 years. If you're not 100% certain that your current plan is equipped to handle times like these, call Madrona Financial Services right now and Brian will meet with you personally. The number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA. But spaces are limited, so call now. The pandemic could likely affect your taxes, Social Security, your investments, your health care, and a lot more. So now isn't the time for guesswork. Call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA. A sound strategy and a team by your side could add hundreds of thousands of dollars or more over your retirement. Call 844-MADRONA right now. That's 844-MADRONA. Or visit online at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A-Financial.com.